2: via forbes.com as the legal cannabis industry grows the rate at which women are entering the industry is now declining when marijuana business daily released their report women and minorities in the cannabis industry back in 2017 women held 37 percent of executive level roles though recent findings published from the arcview group and the national cannabis industry association concluded that companies with women in leadership roles are more profitable producing more than twice the revenue per dollar invested than companies led by men Today, the percentage of women holding these top positions in cannabis has dropped to 22%. Doubling down on the decline, according to Marijuana Business Daily's Updated Women and Minorities in Cannabis 2021 report, despite increased focus at state levels to improve racial diversity within the cannabis industry, findings demonstrated the percentage of women and minorities in executive-level positions in the cannabis industry dropped between 2019 and 2021. A shift that isn't driven solely by a decline in female executives. Industry experts suggest that in the current reality, competitive markets tend to favor businesses with white men in ownership and leadership positions, primarily because of their established access to capital. And in addition, executives from mainstream sectors are opting into the cannabis industry at higher rates, seeing it as a hot new opportunity. Without regard, these new trends and behaviors are accelerating the increase of white men in power positions and are quickly, actively minimizing the opportunities for others. Working hard to challenge the status quo and create a more equitable industry for everyone, especially women, today's guest is an industry expert with vast understanding and insight regarding the industry's disparities, as well as its current trends and opportunities for solutions. With an impressive 25 year background at companies including Goldman Sachs and a career in public relations, today's guest was recently honored at the first ever Cannabis Trailblazer Awards in New York. As the president of Women Grow, the largest professional network in the industry for women, today's guest works tirelessly, serving as a catalyst for women to succeed in the cannabis space. Here with us to discuss the current state of the industry, the traction her organization is making, and the overall empowerment of women in cannabis, for Black Business Month, we have entrepreneur and activist, the president of Women Grow, Ms. Gia Morone. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show, Gia Marone. How are you doing today?
3: Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here.
2: Um, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, give us a bit about yourself, your your background, sort of what led you to this industry and so forth.
3: Sure. So um, as I tell people, I always love to shout out where I'm from because mm-hmm. uh, not only um, is the borough of Brooklyn the best place to be born and raised, um, also it just it helps me to connect with people who are looking to get into the industry. It's like, if a girl like me from Brooklyn, um, from old Williamsburg, Brooklyn can get into this industry. Anyone can from wherever you are. Um, so prior to entering the industry, I worked, um, in the corporate space for a while, Mm. uh, I worked at a company called the Fremantle corporation. Uh, which is an international television distribution and production company. And uh, I was director of promotions and publicity for them. And then from there, I made a complete switch, um, found myself on wall street, which I thought was going to be a one year commitment ended up being 15 years. Uh, And what's interesting is I didn't have a financial background, But what I found is that it was probably the best education I could ever have expected and probably helped prepare me for the industry that I'm in today. And so I spent 15 years um, at Goldman Sachs in media relations. Uh, In 2011, I was part of the downsize. And um, I welcomed it, honestly. Uh, I wanted to make a change. I didn't know what the change would be and um decided to start my own pr firm which i still run today uh 10 years in so i launched um gvm communications on april 20th 2012 which the day that the company launched and i've got all the registration and filings for it i had no idea of the significance of 420 like it just didn't register okay. and um at that time i was doing a lot of the same work i had been doing and found one year into launching my business that I hated my business. And I thought I'm going to have to fire myself and start over and realized, well, you know, I went back to a comfort zone of doing things that I was doing within Goldman Sachs that I wanted to try something different. And so I had to be very intentional about that. And so I started working more with um, small businesses, entrepreneurs and authors, uh, because I really just wanted to expand just my um, diverse background of experience with, you know, taking on clients. And so I worked from uh, clients who were plastic surgeons, um, you know, uh, vintage shops and, it was. It allowed me to just see the business in a very different way, and and more focused on entrepreneurship and helping those small businesses amplify their their business and brand. And so it was actually around that time um, I was pitching a client um, for a cover story, and I came across a magazine, and it mentioned um, it had a profile on the company Women Grow. Which I thought was interesting because already by 2012, I started hearing about at the time it was referred to more as marijuana, marijuana industry. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting that, um, you know, channels like CNBC and Bloomberg, these are financial news channels I, you know, had become accustomed to watching started talking about the marijuana industry in California and Colorado. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I knew when leaving that industry is to always pay attention to forecasts and the more that you pay attention to it, you become prepared for what's coming up next and you can actually get into the game early. Okay. And so the more that, They started talking about, um, you know, these different businesses. There was a documentary series that ran on CNBC that I watched probably five hours of television straight because I was just enamored with what was happening. But the one thing that stood out to me was that while they were talking about this emerging industry out on the West Coast, not a single business owner, including their employees looked like me. And I thought, wow, this is, inter- this is interesting that they're talking about marijuana. They're talking about how people are making this money at the time. I mean, it's still a cash business, but at the time, like how they're getting all of this money and all of this cash. And I'm thinking, "But I'm a girl from Brooklyn that watched people in my neighborhood go to jail just for a simple possession. I'm also a daughter of a New York city police officer, um, detective that. You know, talked to me about say no to drugs and so on and so forth, but also believed that people should not be incarcerated for marijuana, especially for simple possession or just for a small amount of, um, uh, of of marijuana. And so seeing all that was happening on the West coast, but. Still in that present day in 2012, knowing people were still getting arrested, didn't make sense to me. But again, going back to my 15 years at Goldman and then in the television industry, I said, what you're supposed to do next is go and figure this out. So I ended up getting that client on the cover of the publication, Mm. the research that I was doing for the client again, um, there was an article that talked about a company called Women Grow. And I realized I'd heard of the company before I wanted to do more research. And in that article, everything that was mentioned, I went and I googled, I like researched every company, every name, every everything, because I thought, if I want to learn about it, I have to start educating myself. And so, you know, that was really when the interest of cannabis started bubbling inside of me. Like, I want to learn more about this. I want to understand how to get in. I thought I had to become a grower or dispensary owner, but I wanted to learn. And Mm. so that's, you know, the beginning of it. I I'm I'm happy with the way things have unfolded.
2: Of course. So tell us a bit more about women grow um, for those that are uninitiated.
3: Sure. It, it's an organization that started in 2012 out of Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, it's founder, um, Jane West, um, along with Jasmine hump, uh, saw an industry just as I did, that it was an industry being led by men and more specifically by white men. Mm-hmm. And what they wanted to do was to create a space that not only women can enter, but that women would be at the forefront of this emerging industry. And so with that, they invited first, the first 50 women founders to uh, meet, come together. And from there launched um, our signature networking events, whereas we had um, chapters then changed to markets across the country where these market leaders were hosting these monthly meetings. Uh, Our mission, uh, is to connect, educate, empower, and inspire the next generation of cannabis leaders. Mm-hmm. And so every month, these networking events were bringing all these like minds together. Uh, and at these events, not only were you networking with like minds, but people were birthing business ideas. They were finding their business partners Maybe they already had a business and they were um, identifying their service providers. But in addition to that, every meeting always had an educational component. So whether if it was a keynote speaker or it was a panel discussion, there was always a theme: how to, um, uh, you know, how to identify the best accountant right for your business because okay. accounting in cannabis is very different than mainstream accounting. Or, um, learning about, um, uh, uh, the, the legalities from each state, because as cannabis continues to legalize regulations from each state are very different. And if you're not familiar or aware with the, um, regulations, um, it can be very costly to any business owner. And so for those who are coming to these meetings, they were either coming as cana curious Right. Someone who's sitting on the sidelines who wants to learn more or someone who actually has a business already and they're just looking to continue to build their network. And then each year um, we hosted our Women Grow Leadership Summit. And that's where it brought women from all over the country, um, even around the world, um, that would come in for our two day conference. And so that started back in 2015, uh, and we actually transitioned the company to move more over to the East Coast. And that was very intentional. One, um, myself and and my business partner, Dr. Shonda Macias, um, invested in the company in 2018. So now Women Grow is 80% minority women owned. And um, the founder, Jane West um, still remains um, a partner in the company, uh, but she's no longer on the board with us. So we're basically running and leading the business. And so myself and my business partner, because we're East Coast based, but also because cannabis then started becoming more legalized on the East Coast, especially around 2018, while um, New York my home state, uh, had, um, introduced and had launched their medical program. It was still relatively small, but each year we then started seeing more states becoming more legal, which left a whole community of women looking for a network that they can build on. And so the company, um, was really, um, moved over in 2017 by the former leadership, uh, Leah Heiss and, and Christina Garcia, but then we then decided to host our first leadership summit in Washington, DC, very intentional, mm-hmm. very close to the white house, okay. very close to a lot of what was happening on the Hill. And it really brought a lot of attention to the growing population of women in the industry.
2: I love it.
1: This show is sponsored by better help. with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/bin today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.help.com/bin.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you, but consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every 3 seconds in the US. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
2: We are here today with entrepreneur and activist, the president of Women Grow, Ms. Gia Marone, discussing the current state of the cannabis industry and the empowerment of women in cannabis. So, you know, you mentioned the news um, about this industry and the forecasts and that sort of stuff that you saw a lot of white men. You didn't see a lot of folks that look like you. Let's talk a bit more about why you feel Representation is necessary in this industry.
3: Oh, representation is everything. Not only did I see a lot of white men leading the industry, but you know, when I first came to Women Grow, it was the first um, organization where you know women were really coming together. But I'll even tell you, for Women Grow, the first conference that I attended, um, all I saw um, in terms of speakers were white women. Okay. And so I reached out to the then CEO and I said, you know, if your mission is to get more women in the industry, because uh, you are currently w- witnessing an industry being led by white men, what you're telling me as a woman of color is that white women will lead the industry. So, like, it has to be more inclusive. Okay. And she agreed. And, you know, it's important that representation is accounted for. Um, We live in an extremely diverse country, Uh, not just, you know, not just looking at my home state, but I mean, across the board. And so when you then begin to dive into each of these cities and states, and you see there's big Latino um, communities and indigenous women and, and Asian women We all need to be represented. We need to reflect the communities of which we come from. And so if we don't do it early on, as we've seen in mainstream, it then becomes a struggle to correct it. And so the way to correct that is addressing it at the very beginning.
2: So what are some of the uh, common barriers to entry that women experience or what are some of the primary challenges uh, when Trying to get into the industry or finding a, finding a role in the industry.
3: So the most common and probably the number one barrier is the lack of access to capital. So cannabis is still federally illegal, mm-hmm. while it is becoming legal state over state. You know that in Las Vegas or in Nevada, it is legal there, and there's a an amazing community of women, um, in, um, Nevada that have really come together, um, and leading, um, advocacy efforts there. But when you don't have a banking system in place, you cannot go to a bank and say, Hey, I'm starting this cannabis business and I need to take out a loan. It doesn't happen that way. Most of the financing is coming from private equity coming from angel investors. All of those who want to put their money behind individuals or teams who are building up um, vertical operations and vertical operations means that when a state uh, opens up its application process, oftentimes a vertical license includes cultivation, processing, uh, transportation, and retail. So that's when you begin to see all those dispensaries, you see the grow operations. But in order to get that to that place, you have to get the financing behind you. And it's not cheap. I mean, a full vertical um, can run easily $50 million. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to assume that you do, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know very many people with 50 million or 10 or five. And so when you begin to think about that lack of access to just your friends and family who have that, that sort of, um, uh, um, finances, it really limits what you can do. And so when you then begin to look at where the financing is going to, it goes back to my earlier point. It was being put into, um, the support was going to white men. Yeah. Right. And so then in addition to those licenses, we have then have these brands, you know, we, everyone know you know, is familiar with a the vape these days or, or edibles or any of these other sort of brands. Well, a lot of the financing is going behind those other businesses and not being brought to women. And so when you don't have that sort of, um, support behind you, you know, oftentimes many of these businesses were crashing before they can even get started.
2: Mm. This concludes part one of our two part interview with Ms. Gia Maron discussing women and cannabis. Be sure to check back in with us for part two. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson, associate producer Ms. Maggie, a.k.a. Maggie B. Knowing. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you.